0: In this episode, we're talking about clients, finding them, keeping them, and clients from hell. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey, because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. Constant, no matter what country I'm in, where I'm traveling at the moment, people always want to know, okay, even if I wanted to start freelancing, what about clients? How do I find them? So we're going to jump right in and talk about finding clients. Clients are everywhere (laughs) because businesses are everywhere. Everywhere you look around, people are in a business trying to sell something, trying to accomplish something, trying to provide a service, and those businesses need help. And these days, more and more businesses are turning to freelance help in order to get their needs met. I find that the market for freelancers is really ripe among small businesses because they don't have so much red tape in bureaucracy as like the big corporate level. And they're much more open to working with freelancers to get their needs met. Additionally, small businesses are great because they often don't need a full time person. So you're not really just trading your nine to five job for another full time job. You're able to work for a company, maybe a few hours here, another one several hours there, or spread this up into retainers or project work or however you end up packaging your freelance business. And you get some variety in your life, which is really awesome because we don't want to just do boring. That's not why we got into freelancing. But the nitty gritty. So, how do you actually find clients? The easy way is freelancing platforms. And I've talked about this before. Upwork.com, freelancer.com, and fiverr.com are really, really popular platforms out there. You may have heard of them already. And I definitely encourage you to go take a peek around. In those platforms, however, it's typically more of a passive finding. You know, a client has a need, they post a job, and then you go and apply to that job or send a proposal for that job if you think that it sounds like something you would like to do. You can also go out and find your own clients directly. And this is where I found my success. These people are in forums, they're in Facebook groups, they are all over the place. You'll find people talking about their struggles that they're having. Maybe they're having trouble with social media and they'll say something like, oh, I just, I know I need to use social media but I just don't have the time. Boom, if you are a social media person, like that is your in. That is the person you need to be talking to and you need to be showing them how you can solve their issue with your social media work. And just learning how to listen in on Facebook groups and forums to what people are saying, like you don't wanna just show up with no warning and be like, pitching people, you know, or spamming people. Like I do this, I do this, I do this. And this is why honestly, you guys, I'm building my own online freelancing community because I can't stand some of the ones that I see out there that are all just like spam, spam, spam. And it's just like all this messy, I'm looking for a job. Like it gets chaotic and overwhelming because people don't sit back and listen and they don't try to help before asking for a job. Right now, When it comes to finding clients, like they're everywhere. And I would encourage you to just start listening in and opening up your eyes to like what people are saying, what people need. I guarantee if you look around in your existing circle, you or a friend, you know, someone, you know, owns a business and they probably are having problems that they would love for somebody else to solve. So just like tuning into that. Once you've found people, once you're listening in on these forums and things, you can go and check out their businesses. Think, get an idea for what you might be able to help them with. You know, let's say you hear somebody in a forum and they're talking about they're having so much trouble with social media and someone else in the group says, well, you know, send me a link to your profile. I'd love to take a look. Because the key in forums is to be helpful, not to just be like, I want a job, give me a job, help me. Like, There's so many people out there with that hungry, angry energy, and it's really just a huge, huge turnoff. So let's say that person A, Jane, has, you know, she's the business owner that posted that she needs help. And person B, Tom, is like, oh, send me your profile link. I'll take a look. And then you're just kind of lurking there on the platform. And you see that you go to her link as well. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So she does this and she sells that. And like, I have some ideas here. And you nurture a relationship by also giving it your two cents. Like, oh, hey, maybe I would think about doing this and this and this. And you just give it to her for free. You just give her that information. Like maybe you could try doing this. And you keep doing that to people just to kind of get established, and get your name out there and get people to realize that you're a person who shows up over and over in these forums and is helpful and is providing information. And you're not asking for a job. You're not just being like desperate, like, I do social media, please hire me. Literally, people will post that <laughs> in these groups and it's like awful. So you're giving advice, and you're giving, you're doling out information, and over time, people come to see you as a social media person, a social media person who can help. And you're building relationships. You're just building presence in these different Facebook groups that you're in, and this will come back as people start to notice that, and people reach out on their own and say, "Hey, I noticed you've helped a bunch of people with social media questions. Do you do social media? Like, what do you sell? What are you doing?" You know, they'll come looking for you. Plus. You know, another way of doing it is getting your information out there to other people, friends, family, definitely don't be afraid to talk about what you do because life is all about connections and it works the same in the business world. I have seen so many people in Facebook groups, they're not even selling themselves they're selling their friends, you know, like they're pitching their friends. Somebody will say, guys, I'm really struggling with this. I really need help. And a person will be like, oh my gosh, you have to talk to so-and-so, like she's amazing, she's really helped me. Just being out there and building connections with people, there's going to be people you don't even know pitching your work. And that's how it works for me nowadays. Like I pitched clients in the early days, but I virtually never have to go looking for work. Work comes to me because I have amazing friends and wonderful people that I've met over the years, clients that I've worked with, people who are out there being cheerleaders for me. (laughs) And I don't even know it. Somebody will email me out of the blue and say, hey, I talked to our mutual acquaintance, so-and-so, and they said, you are the person to talk to for ops. And that, just like that, I have a new job, you know, if I want it. You get on the phone and find out if the person is a good fit, and we talk, and more often than not, work just shows up for me. So that will be the same for you as you build relationships and connections. You can also cold pitch people directly. And I'll talk about pitching in another episode because I want to give it the time that it deserves on its own. But the reason I mention it here is, you know, I want to go into how to do it properly. But here, I just want to talk about the idea of cold pitching someone and what that means. It basically means like, think of a telemarketer calling. I don't even know if they do that anymore. But when I was a kid, back in the old days, we had a landline phone and it would just ring and you didn't know who was calling and you just pick it up. And sometimes it would be a telemarketer, someone whose job is literally to sit there and just like call you and try to sell you stuff over the phone, right? Like, I don't know how those people did it. I would, that sounds like the most miserable job in the world to me, but people did it, right? And you're on the other end, you're eating dinner or whatever, and you don't want to be bothered. And you're just like, ugh, go away. No, I don't want your product. Sorry. There were even like door-to-door salesmen way back in the day. But anyway, I'm getting distracted. So that's kind of what cold pitches to a client. You're just pitching somebody who doesn't know you, who has no reason to care about you, and you're showing up like, hey, I want to sell you something, my services. Sounds terrifying, but actually it works really well if you do your research, okay? And that's the difference between the old school telemarketing call. You know, they you were just a data point on a sheet and they had to pick up and call you and sell you this thing without having any clue as to what you already had or if you had any need of that. The difference with a client is that to them, it's a cold pitch, you know, because you come out of the blue. You know, you've just showed up in their email inbox or through their website contact form and they have no idea who you are. But on your end, you're going to have done your research beforehand You're gonna have checked them out. You're gonna have ideas for how you can help them. And you're going to be putting in front of them, hey, this is why I think I can help you. And here's why this works if done right. Let me take you inside my mind, the mind of many business owners that I know and you know, friends that run their own businesses. We've talked about these things. We need help. If you're running a business, you need help like all the time. (laughs) And a lot of times you don't have the time to go out and find that help. So if that help shows up magically, you're like, Oh my God, it's, it's, it's a miracle. This is amazing. This is awesome. I'm so excited. It's just like, I'm just doing my own thing, minding my own business on a Tuesday, stressed out with all the things I have to do. And then like the skies open up and, Oh, you know, like it's like, wow, this, this person sounds like they could help me. This is amazing. Because here's the thing. So many times when I have a need for a job, I know I need it. I know I need it, I know I need it, but it takes work to actually go find that person. I have to go put a job post on the freelancing platforms and then I have to review all of the candidates, have to put together some kind of a test project to kind of gauge whether or not they might be a good fit. I need to interview them, all the narrowing down. And then I'm like, oh my God. And then I have all this training that I have to do to them when they come in and da, 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 da. it can get overwhelming, right? And you know, I'll still have to do the training. Certain pieces of that never go away. But the posting the job, the reviewing the candidates, narrowing them down, all this stuff, all those steps are taken out if the person just magically shows up. And that's how you get in with a client. That's how you like they'll love this. But you have to do your research first. Like I have so many people. Day in and day out, you guys, just send me the laziest pitches. They're like, hey, yeah, if you ever have any copywriting needs, I'd love to work with you. And that's it. And I'm like, I don't even know you. And what type of writing do you, like, what do you specialize in? And also have you, do you know my business? Do you know anything? Like, what makes you think I need copyright? Like, how, where did you come from? You know, but if somebody came in and said, let me give you a clear example. So I just started posting regularly to social media, like January of 2020. 23, like this year. And it was a conscious decision. I'm like, okay, I have to do it. I have to do it more because what I want to do, I want to get my message out in front of more people. I want to reach more people. I want them to know that freelancing is possible for them. And where are a lot of people hanging out They're on social media, you know, want to hang out there, but I'm going to do it to get in front of people that I could potentially help. So I'm going to start posting and I'm going to start posting every single day. So I've been working with my assistant and she's been doing great and we're getting stuff up every day and, you know, that works. But I knew that I needed to start doing this ages ago, right? So somebody who had found me could have come to me in November and said, hey, Rashawn, really like what you're doing. Love your content. I'm learning so much. I notice you're not posting to social media. Is there a reason? I'm a social media person. I think your message would be great if more people could see it. I have some ideas for how to get it in front of more people. I would love to hop on a call and talk to you about those ideas. I would have been like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm saved. It's a miracle. Someone just showed up and they're going to help me. And they get it. They see it. You know, and I'll teach more about this later because it's important to put details in there and make the person know that you're actually seeing their business and not just some random person just, you know, sending a copy and paste proposal. But still, I would have been so excited. And most clients have something like that going on. It may not be social media. It may be their blog that's been sitting dormant for months and they know they should post. Or it may be that they have a bunch of broken links on their website that they know they should fix. And, you know, you're not coming from a place of like, Hey man, your website sucks. Everything's broken. (laughs) That won't get you hired. But you're coming from a place of, I tried to do this and this and this, and I noticed that these things were broken. You know, I would love to come in and help you fix X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's magic. So finding clients by just going directly to them is a great way. It's just about being creative, putting some thought in about who you wanna work for and what type of work you wanna do. And also getting over that fear of, okay, this person's gonna reject me or like this person's got it all together and they don't need my help. Trust me when I say just about every single shiny Instagram profile you see up there for a company, behind it, they need help. Okay. (laughs) I'll put myself out there as many times as I need to in order to hammer that point home. But like, you may look at my Instagram and think, oh my gosh, her life is so great. But behind the scenes, like there's so many things that I and every other other business owner need help with. So moving on to the second part, we're going to talk a little bit about keeping clients. And this part can be really short because (laughs) there's not a whole lot that needs to be said here. But keeping clients is simple. Do good work. Anyone who I have ever worked with as a freelancer who does good work, I do not want to let them go, okay? I don't, because it's gonna make my life hell because I don't have to go out and hire and replace them. So just doing good work. I talk about this with freelancers. When I hire freelancers, they've left me with one of two kind of mentalities after. One, oh my God, this person is amazing and I really hope to work with them again, or everything else, okay? So don't be an everything else person. Because you can be good, you can be okay, you can be meh, or you can be bad, but it all goes into the the everything else category for me. I don't want to work with even people who are just good. Like, just just good is like, it really is just good. I don't know. I want to work with great people, okay? Not that they're excellent at what they do, like, so, so amazingly, wonderfully talented, so expensive, like, top of their game. Like, not not in that sense. Just, like, great in the sense of, like, they're a good person to be around. They show up, they do good work. They enjoy what they do. They bring good ideas to the team. Like they're a person who can figure it out. They're that sort of energy. Okay. Because there are millions of freelancers out there. And even having just good energy, it's really like just good enough, just good enough. You know, like, you know, if you have the choice between great and good enough, you're going to go with great. Okay. So the thing is when I work with somebody who is awesome, not only have they got me as a client for as long as I can retain them, right? Because as long as business is doing well, like I want to keep them around, but they also have found a great cheerleader in me because I am going to mention them to all of my friends, right? Not if they're just working for me because I, I want to keep them. They're like they're like my person, right? But if they've got room in their schedule and they say, "Hey, You know, I'm working for you this bit, but I'm also looking for other clients. If you know anybody, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I know this person and this person and this person. And hopefully they're going to reach out to those people because like, you know, because great people know other great people and clients know other potential clients. So there's just this world of just like, if you do great work as a freelancer, you're not going to have any other issues finding and keeping clients Additionally, like I've talked about in some other podcast episodes, getting in with clients on work that you can do on an ongoing basis is your key to stability because there's so many other options out there than just a one-off project with clients. You can get in and do marketing work. You can do content creation. You can do social media work, operations assistant, virtual assistant, customer service. There's all of these ways to provide services on an ongoing basis with a client. And I mean, I really just, I implore you to take my word for it a little bit. You know, I ask you guys to get curious, to explore things on your own, but there's something that I want you to take my word for in the sense of I've been there on the other side. I was so disbelieving of this in the beginning. I was just thinking like, you know, they got to me with things about like, freelancing is unstable. Like, I don't want to have to go run after new clients every couple months or every week. That just seems stressful and exhausting. I've worked with very few clients over my five years in comparison to what I thought it would be like thinking about that I'd have to go out and chase constantly. So when I ask you to take my word for it, I just mean like, please know, please know from the bottom of my heart that I'm telling you the truth from what I see over here on the other side, the hiring side. But when we get good people, we do not want to let them go. They are worth their weight in gold. And getting the right clients will really give you the opportunity to have this ongoing work for as long as you want it, really. And that brings me to my last point, which is talking about the right clients and the reverse, the clients from hell, okay? So I have had so many people that are interested in this because they go, well, what about shitty clients? You know, I've heard so many horror stories about having these awful clients. I think there's actually a website called (laughs) clientsfromhell.com. I'm pretty sure that's a thing um, where people just share their horror stories about just really bad experiences that they've had. And I'm gonna give you my side. So I have been freelancing for over five years now and I've never worked with a bad client ever, ever. I love my clients. My clients are amazing. My clients pay me on time. (laughs) My clients pay me well. And I'm not saying that there aren't shitty clients out there, there's just tons of them. Many times when I see freelancers dealing with a bad client, it comes from a lack of boundary setting in the beginning. And oftentimes I encourage them to just like get out of that as soon as possible and start over fresh with new clients, new boundaries, new systems in place. And, you know, I'm just really grateful. I've been super blessed in my freelancing career to work with wonderful people. And I've also done a lot of work in order to make sure that I'm working with good people. You know, I listen to my intuition. I don't care if someone's offering all kinds of money. If I'm getting a bad feeling, I'm not going to work with them. Or if they're doing work that I don't agree with, something that's unethical or they're selling a product that I don't believe in or a service that I don't believe in, anything that is very, um, you know, those prickles of alarm going off which just like, this doesn't excite me. This doesn't light me up. This is not a good fit for me. You know, I won't do it. And I've put that time in up front to develop my values. Like, what do I stand for? What do I want my clients to stand for? Do they have similar values? Are they doing good in the world? Or are they out there just trying to get rich, you know? Are they putting out shoddy products just in an effort to make more money? I don't agree with that. And, you know, it's just gonna leave me with this icky, gunky energy. And it's just its gonna be bad from start to finish, you know? And I think one of the things I credit with this is getting started in freelancing so late in life. I was 32, 33 when I started freelancing. And I had all this experience, which I'm sure many of you have out there, of working with shitty bosses, right? Everyone's got a story of that, too. You just work at a place, you're like, your boss doesn't know anything. You feel like you know more than them. The the team environment is toxic. The culture's bad. The company's just a mess. I worked in enough of those situations to know that when I get to be my own boss, there's no way in hell I'm putting up with that. I'm just, you know, all about like clean, good energy, doing work that's great, doing work we love, putting good out into the world. So I don't want to get caught up in something that is not in alignment with that. That helps me to boundary set with clients. Just having that really clear focus of what kind of people I work with, what kind of person I want to be. You know, we're all. Constantly growing and developing, striving to be better people. But at the base, we need to know who we are today and what matters to us today, and make sure that we're getting clients who are, you know, there and also striving for better in their futures. This can be scary when you're really first starting out, because at least for me, you know, I'd gotten laid off. I'm thirty thousand dollars in debt. I'm scrambling to make payments on all the things I owe every month, and there is that tempting. Forced to like, just take whatever job, just take whatever, just take whatever. doesn't matter what you do. Just take it. And I implore you not to, because <laughs> you'll often get stuck in a trap of, you know, a few months later or a year later, you're just like, why am I in this just icky place with all of these projects and clients that I don't like and don't want? And, you know, I don't want you to work so hard to get into freelancing only to find it to be this whole other trap for you. Okay. So just really focus on aligning your values. And it doesn't have to be super specific. I would take almost any remote work, but I just had some basic things. Like I was like, I want to be around people that I feel are honest, that they're doing good in the world. They've created a product that they're excited about, they're passionate about, and it can help people. And at the core, just like feeling people out. Do they seem like they're doing this just to make a quick buck? Or do they seem like they're doing this because they genuinely believe and care and want to help? Along with the value setting early on, I also just had some natural boundaries set by being, I think, the age that I was when I got started. You know, I was thinking, okay, I'm 32, 33. Like, I'm an adult. I'm a grown adult. You know, there's no way that I'm going to let somebody talk down to me. There's no way that I'm going to let somebody treat me like I'm less than them. There's no way that I'm going to let somebody mess around with my paycheck. (laughs) Like, I need to get paid. In fact, one of my early clients that I worked with Back then, the payments were scattered like all over the place. Like freelancers were getting paid late. It was chaotic. Like it was like sometimes on a Tuesday, sometimes on a Thursday, sometimes on a... And that was one of the first things I did when I got in there. I was like, we need to clean this up. Like people need to get paid and they need to get paid on time. And you need to trust that their money is coming. Because that was a big thing for me getting into freelancing. Just this like, I need to know when my money's coming in so that I can plan all the things that all of us have to pay for, you know? So I set those boundaries with clients at the beginning of just like, this is how I operate. You know, I viewed myself and I saw this somewhere. I think it's, a you know, a common idea that's been tossed out in the freelancing space of just like, you know, if you are a freelancer, you're not just a freelancer, you are a business. You know, I am Michonne Incorporated. <laughs> I am, you know, me, myself, I am the business. So just from day one, operating from a standpoint of I am a business, they are a business, and we are here to do business. And... It's funny because how you show up is then how the client's going to treat you and how they're going to carry the whole rest of the thing. I found that my clients were often saying, "Okay, so what are the next steps?" You know, they're looking to me for the next steps. And then I would take them on the next steps. And so I got the opportunity to say like, "I'm going to send you a proposal. I'm going to send you this and you know, and I'd have all these things laid out of like this is when you can expect to hear from me, you know, 48-hour turnaround usually unless it was something really urgent. Here's how to get a hold of me in an emergency. I'm not available on weekends." You know, just laying all those things out. And there's tons of content on my blog about onboarding a client properly. And so I encourage you to check that out if you have any questions there. But that really helped me to set up boundaries with my clients from day one. You know, how you begin is typically how you will go on. So taking the time to set things up right in the beginning will pay off years and years down the road. I've found from talking to other people that have had some tricky situations that seems to be very difficult to correct a client situation that has gone wrong. So a lot of times I encourage people to get out and start over, but really, really think about, you know, as you're just getting started in your freelance career, taking the time to figure out how you want to run your business from the beginning, what boundaries you're going to set with your clients, and that'll keep you from having them, you know? I'm just so excited to share my message of never having worked with difficult clients to people because I can see their eyes light up and they like just get so excited that this is a possibility, that it's not like something that has to happen if you're a freelancer. I'm not saying you may never, you know, I still may down the road as well. We never know, but you can avoid it, kind of reduce the possibility of it a lot by getting those things sorted in the beginning. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are intrigued, excited, would love to know more, can't wait to start designing your own freelance career, I want to help you on your journey. Please check out the Live, Work, Travel online community for freelancers, where I'll be talking about more of the stuff in today's episode, much more in detail with trainings, Plus, you'll have support from fellow freelancers just like you who are going through the process. Please go to liveworktravel.com forward slash community to learn more. I am still and I will always be a teacher at heart and I'm just so passionate about sharing everything I know with all of you. I'll be back next Monday with more.